Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. I'm so happy to have you. I am Patricia Raskin, and this show is in its 20th or 21st year now on voiceamerica.com, and I'm very happy to be part of the lineup of hosts. I mean, the whole purpose of this program is to show you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions, and today we have a wonderful guest. Um, We're going to talk today about our, really, our nose, our nasal passages, um, nose health, and I guess we could call it oral health, or we could call it um, anything to do with breathing. So we're talking to Dr. Mark Andriozzi, who is a board-certified otolaryngologist with nearly 30 years of experience, and he is the recipient of Rhode Island Monthly's Top Doctor Award five separate times. Dr. Andriozzi has a special interest in the management of sinonasal disorders. He completed his residency training in the McLaren Oakland Medical Center in Pontiac, Michigan, and received his medical degree from the University of New England and his undergraduate degree from the University of Rhode Island. Dr. Andriozzi speaks out about a variety of ear, nose, and throat conditions that are often misdiagnosed and mismanaged, and will also talk about preventive measures to keep our nasal tracts healthy. So without further ado, hello, Dr. Mark Andriozzi. Hello, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it. You know, very, yeah, I'm extremely excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, the nose. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny because when I said we're going to talk about the nose, it sounded so odd. Like, you know, and we don't realize how important it is. I think sometimes, you know, we always think about our eyes and making our eyes shine and our lips. We don't always talk about our nose so much. It gets, it's underrated, I think. What do you think? Well, I, it's underrated when it works well and people don't have any problems with their nose. But when people are having issues, which is extremely common, it certainly brings them into the office and significantly affects your quality of life. So what are the main things that you, is it allergies? Is it um, sinus issues? What are the main things that you're seeing? I mean, certainly in New England where we are, I mean, this, this is a global program, but in certain parts of the country, the, you know, the, the weather is going to affect your nasal passages as well. So talk about that. Well, the primary issue that I see is um, based on the fact that the the function of the nose is to filter air, to humidify air, to make it just the right temperature. So if an individual is either sensitive to the environment or they work in a polluted environment, the nose becomes overwhelmed in its function, and then consequently it can break down by causing Mm. severe congestion, significant mucus production, sinus infections, and that can be driven by pollen dust mold, smoking, pollution, chemicals, and I think our world is becoming more polluted, so the nose is becoming overworked and more people are coming in because of that reason. And what do you do about it if it's out of your control? You know, if you're, if you're in an environment, you know, that is polluted or there's a lot of smoke, I mean, what do you do about it? Well, it, it, it can be very challenging for patients because there is certainly 
environments that people go into and they have no choice. They have to work in a certain environment. But what I've been seeing in the office is people are becoming much more allergic to allergens also, like pollen, dust, and mold. And Mm. the first thing we do is we find out what the triggers are, what the irritants are, and we may do some tests to diagnose the triggers and the irritants. And then there's a variety of ways um, of trying to make the air cleaner in your environment, irrigating with saline nasal sprays to flush Mm -hmm. the nose out. There's um, Mm. a whole host of very effective, safe prescription nasal sprays and some over-the-counter sprays that work very well. But you have to make an accurate diagnosis and take a good history to really know exactly what to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the times that I have talked to you before, you talked about the nose as like, um, so almost like an air conditioner, like a whole system, your, your nasal. So talk about this kind of the system of what the nose does. Sure. Sure. So there's approximately 20,000 liters of air that go through the nose every day. Wow. Wow. And when you breathe the air in, it, it doesn't matter what the temperature of the air is that goes in the front of your nose. By the time it gets to your lungs, it's usually about 90 degrees and over 90% humidified. And wow. there's usually not a lot of pathogens, like there's usually no viruses, pollen, dust, mold. So it's a huge job. The, the lining of the nose responds to irritation by swelling and making mucus. So when the nose becomes swollen, it becomes a better filter, becomes a better humidifier, it traps more mucus. Um, and then when there's an overwhelming amount of irritation to the nose, like in people that have an allergy or sensitivity to the environment, when the nose becomes stuffy, then they switch to mouth breathing, and then they develop potential lower airway issues like exacerbations of asthma and bronchitis, so when the nose breaks down, other things can happen. Can it also create um, sinus issues like sinus headaches, right, so that the sinuses are bothering you and now it goes to a headache? Yeah. Well, you know, that that's probably one of my favorite topics because um, most studies have shown that sinus headaches are a form of a migraine. And... Many people will come into my office and say, hey, doc, I have a sinus problem. And sinus problems mean different things to different people. And yeah. Some people, it means they can't breathe out of their nose and they have a structural deformity like a deviated septum or allergies. And some people, they truly do get infections. And in some people, they get these horrendous sinus headaches, which 80 to 90% of the time is actually a form of a migraine. So... By asking a lot of questions and doing a really good physical examination, you can usually make an accurate diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference. You know, I mean, is there such a thing as a sinus headache or is it a headache or is it a sinus issue? Yeah, that, that, um, that is a excellent question. And... So the the simple answer is it, it's very straightforward when you when the patient comes into the office and they say I have these horrible sinus headaches. If you ask a series of questions like okay, well, do you catch a cold and does the cold get worse after seven to ten days with green yellow mucus 
and you lose your sense of smell and you've got pressure in your face and you can't breathe after a week and then you get these headaches, that's a true sinus infection. In patients mm-hmm. that have a sinus headache that's a migraine, they can mm-hmm. feel fine on Monday and on Tuesday there's a big storm blowing through and the atmospheric pressure causes this pounding, throbbing headache that happens to be in their face and their sinuses. So the history usually gives us the answer. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's something that that I have gone through, and I I know that I'm not alone. I know a lot of people do. But when you get stuffy, right, during the day, and then you lie down at night, and then your breathing is impeded. So I might sleep, and then one nostril is clogged one night, and the next night, another nostril is clogged. And I'm breathing, but I'm, I'm I'm not getting as much breath. And so I don't... You know, and I, I'd love you to talk about that because I'm sure that's common. Oh, it, it's, it's extremely common. And the reason why that happens, Patricia, is because inside your nasal passage, you have these structures that are called the turbinates. And the turbinates are essentially the filters and humidifiers and the air conditioners for your lungs. And there's three on each side of your nose. And... When you breathe the air through the nose, the air passes through the turbinates and it's nice and clean by the time it reaches your lungs. If you are sensitive to something in the environment, the turbinate becomes hypertrophied and larger and it mm. becomes more congested. And when you lay down at nighttime because of gravity, the mm. turbinate that is down, so if you're laying on your right side, your right nasal passage gets congested. If you lay on your left side, left. If you lay on your back, they all get congested. Mm. And then there's this other... Other phenomenon called the nasal cycle, where turbinates on one side of one's nose are always more swollen than the other. They flip-flop back and forth and take turns filtering and cleaning the air. So, so it's almost protecting. definitely it's makes almost, it worse. So it's almost protecting you in a way, right? Absolutely, sort of? yeah. It, it, it's definitely helping to filter the air and humidify it before it reaches the lungs. But in people that have these underlying sensitivities to the environment. Also, people that take certain blood pressure medications, the turbinates can become more swollen at nighttime when they lay down. So they need to be a little bit swollen, but when they become so swollen that you can't get enough airflow and your mouth breathe, then it can affect your sleep, and then it can create a pathological situation. And what's the remedy for that? Well... (laughs) That, sometimes it's easy. Um, I can remember early in my career, I had this elderly man that came in with this problem. And anatomically, when I examined his nose, everything looked perfect. And I tried him on every single medication and nasal spray, and nothing worked. And finally, one day he came in and said, Mark, I figured out the problem. I said, please, tell me how. He goes, I just sleep on an extra pillow. <laughs> and it works. Oh, so elevated. It's a matter of propping yourself up. Sometimes there's nasal spray. Sometimes I have to do surgery on people. Um, sometimes I have to ask the primary care doctor to take patients off certain beta blocker type blood pressure medicines that are more likely to cause congestion. And when you do surgery, is it a complicated surgery or is it an outpatient? So. The surgery to improve somebody's nasal airflow um, depends on what's wrong inside the nose. So some people have what's called a deviated septum, which is essentially a a wall. The septum's a wall that divides the nose into a right and left side, and it's made of cartilage and bone. 
And many people have a curve to their septum, which creates a narrowing on one side. In the surgical procedure called a septoplasty, it's a rather straightforward surgical procedure that it really doesn't take long. It probably takes 20 to 30 minutes. It's under general anesthesia. It's done as an outpatient. Um, the other surgery that I'll do to improve nasal airflow is to make the turbinate smaller. And there's pretty straightforward surgical procedures that essentially can shrink the turbinates either with electricity or utilizing a little device that's like a little rotor-rotor device. It essentially shrinks mm-hmm. them. But they're usually very safe procedures, and the majority of people that have nasal surgery in this day and age don't end up with a lot of packing in their nose because the procedures are so much more refined. That was mm-hmm. in the olden days. People would hear these horror stories about packing. Right, so it's really changed. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Andreoz, Dr. Andreozzi more about um, treatments for nasal issues. We'll also talk about ways to prevent uh, nasal problems. How do you keep your nasal tract healthy? And we'll talk more about um, other infections that can in in the facial area that can affect your nasal passages. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Are you looking for a happy lifestyle? Now that's a crazy question, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy, but we struggle in trying to figure out how to get there. Want help with that? Then tune in to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. Find out about the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle and learn how to enjoy every aspect of life and be happy. Say yes, be happy. Listen live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. 
Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. And my guest is Dr. Mark Andriozzi, who is a board-certified otolaryngologist with nearly 30 years of experience. And he is the recipient of the Rhode Island Monthly Top Doctor Award five separate times. He has a special interest in the management of sinonasal disorders. And, uh, and we're also going to talk today not about, not about a variety of ear, nose, and throat conditions that are often misdiagnosed and mismanaged, but also preventive measures to keep your nasal tract healthy. So welcome back, Dr. Andriozzi. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I wanted to ask um, a little bit more about some of these conditions. You know, when you say that often conditions are misdiagnosed or mismanaged, does that mean that people come to you with problems that just, they've gone to other people or other medical doctors and it's not working for them? Well, it's... um... It's a good question because uh, I think part of the problem is a lot of patients don't have doctors and a lot of patients don't have a lot of time to take out of work. So they end up going to maybe an urgent care here, an urgent care there, a minute clinic here, and they don't have like a consolidated care in one location. So nobody's really looking at the whole story. And, um, and what I see in my practice frequently is I'll see patients, like we just alluded to at the previous segment, that come in with these sinus headaches that have been placed on four to five antibiotics, and they're coming in and telling me, oh, I think I need sinus surgery. And I'm Mm. telling them, you don't have a sinus problem. You have migraines, and you need Mm. to avoid the triggers. Here's a migraine pill. We'll do a CAT scan to make sure, maybe see a neurologist. I see these problems all the time. So I'm frequently re-diagnosing people recognizing that my colleagues, I'm not criticizing them because these problems can be complicated and sometimes difficult to know the right way of managing patients. But sinus headache and migraine is probably one of the top issues that I see. Um, Mm -hmm. Another issue that I see every single day is patients that have ear pain and are being told they have an ear infection. And when they present to my office, and I ask them, well, tell me a little bit about what happens when you get an ear infection. Um, so let's say I get extreme pain. Then I'll ask them a couple simple questions. Well, when you get this ear infection, do you get a cold? Do you lose your hearing? Do you have drainage coming out of your ear? And frequently the answer is no, no, no. And to truly have a middle ear infection, you kind of have to have a cold. You have to lose your hearing for a few weeks. And I find a lot of people that have ear pain actually have what's called TMJ, which Mm -hmm. is an inflammation of the jaw joint from Mm -hmm. clenching and grinding their teeth. And they're being told they have ear infections, and they really don't. And I have to tell you, that happened to me many years ago. I had that exact thing, and I went to to the ear, nose, and throat physician, and I realized it was TMJ, and I I got a night guard, and I haven't had Mm -hmm. the problem since. Yep. Yeah. I, I have medical students that rotate with me, and I'll, I'll say to the medical student, there's, if somebody comes in with ear pain, two simple questions. When you're diagnosed with this infection, do you lose your hearing or do you have drainage coming out of your ear? And if you didn't lose your hearing, you don't have a middle ear infection. If you don't have drainage coming out, you don't have a swimmer's ear infection. And then go on to ask the questions about grinding and clenching your teeth. So that's an incredibly common problem that I'll see in the office every single day. 
Right. Now, however, you specialize in, in the nose, right? You do handle, you handle ear and throat as well, but you specialize in working with nasal problems, correct? Well, my, my true um, uh, profession is I'm a general ear, nose, and throat doctor, so I deal with all sorts of ear, nose, and throat problems, but I've, many specialists will sometimes gravitate into areas that they feel more comfortable and they feel like they have more expertise. And I just feel like I've always enjoyed dealing with nasal problems, even though I do general ENT and I do see patients for all sorts of ear, nose, and throat problems. I prefer the nose because I I feel like I have um, I'm more skilled at dealing with those issues. Interesting. All right. I want to flip a little bit and talk about some preventive things we can do. I mean, what are mm-hmm. things people can do so that they don't get infections or so that, um, you know, their nose doesn't get stuffy, if you will, and have the terminates, um, yeah. you know, overacting or overreacting? What would you say to that? Sure. Well, there's um, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you have to quit smoking. <laughs> Not so easy. Yeah. But I, I, I tell patients that, you know, what's happening is your nose is, become, is a filter, so anything that goes in your nose is potentially going to cause it to swell. So therefore, reduce the amount of irritations going in. That's super important. I find that um, irrigating with saline is an incredibly safe, cheap, and effective way of keeping a nose healthy. There's a variety of different over-the-counter saline sprays that are available. Um, I prefer the ones that come out as a mist as opposed to a squeeze bottle. I just Mm. find that the squeeze bottles can sometimes get contaminated when you spray them in and let go. It can suck in some bacteria into the bottle, whereas the mist comes out in one one direction. It really is just the right force behind it. So I think reducing irritation, irrigating with saline. Um, I find that in the wintertime, uh, the best humidity for the nose is between 35 and 45%. And in the wintertime, most homes in New England are in the low 20s. So you could add a humidifier to your bedroom, and, and then the nose doesn't have to work as hard as a humidifier. It doesn't swell as much. You can also mm. add um, this over-the-counter products that are saline gels that you can put in your nose on a Q-tip that moisturize the inside of the nose and that prevent Mm -hmm. dryness and crusting. And that's extremely beneficial as well. What about a neti Um, pot? I think the the neti pot is is another way of irrigating with saline, and I have many, many patients that swear by it and absolutely love it. Um, A lot of people don't tolerate it because it does go in one nostril and out the other via the back of the throat. And there are a lot of people that are hypersensitive to irritation in the back of the throat. So it's a wonderful option. Um, I reinforce the fact that if, if you're going to use a neti pot, you have to use distilled water um, because of the potential contaminants and pathogens that can be found, especially in well water. So I usually use um, the um, um, distilled water and add the saline packets to it, and it actually is a very good way of cleaning the nose. Okay. What about um, what about foods, foods or fruits or vegetables? Anything that, that would help with yeah. nasal health? Well, you know, it, there's not 
there's not a lot of science behind what you just asked me, but I can just tell you that I have many patients in my practice who have allergies, sinus problems. They get better when they eliminate dairy from their diet because mm-hmm. dairy tends to thicken the mucus. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, I'll have other foods that people will tell me that help, but not as consistently as dairy. And, you know, if you really read about milk and dairy products, we're the only mammals that drink milk after the weaning stage in life. Mm. Um, and I, I'm sometimes shocked at how many times I'll have an adult come in and say, oh, yeah, I have a couple glasses of milk per day. And they're really mucusy, and they got all this post-civil drip, and their nose is stuffy. And as soon as they switch to maybe a nut alternative or knock milk out of their diet, mm-hmm. their nose gets better. And it's also really important to drink a lot of fluids, a lot of water to help thin the mucus as well. Okay, so that's important. Um, any particular fruits or vegetables or just a healthy, clean diet? I think just kind of what our mothers told us, getting a good night's sleep, reducing mm-hmm. stress, having mm-hmm. a balanced diet, all help the immune system exercise. Just the basic things to help general immune function will help reduce sinus infections in patients. But unfortunately, we live in a very fast-paced, crazy world where we eat a lot of fast food, so it's very difficult for some people to actually implement those changes. Yeah. I know a lot of people also have issues with gluten. Um, Is that congesting? Is that inflammatory to... Or not necessarily. Yeah, so, so uh, when, when patients uh, come in to see me and they're concerned about a wheat sensitivity, um, the, it's very rare to have an anaphylactic reaction to wheat. But some people are truly sensitive to it, where it does cause hives and itchiness and GI symptoms. Mm-hmm. But then gluten sensitivity is a whole other spectrum of diseases where it's actually... Um, a condition where your body antibodies attack the lining of the GI tract and cause inflammation that can potentially lead to a malabsorption of nutrients and cause a whole host of serious problems. So uh, in patients that do have significant GI issues, I always send them off to the GI to be evaluated because that could be an issue. I don't see it affecting the sinuses as much, though. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dr. Andriozzi about other conditions. Um, we'll talk about other conditions um, with certain reflux, with chronic throat symptoms. We'll talk about um, hoarseness. And we'll talk about allergies and infections. And also um, any other questions that he hears most from patients. And more about how we can um, really handle our uh, you know, preventive measures to keep our nasal tract healthy. And we've talked about those, but we'll continue to talk more about them after the break. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. What are the labels that identify us? 
Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Dr. Mark Andriozzi, a board-certified otolaryngologist with nearly 30 years of experience. He's the recipient of the Rhode Island Monthly Top Doctor Award five separate times. He has a special interest in the management of sinonasal disorders and also in preventive measures to keep our nasal tract healthy. So, And the website is entdocri.com, entdocri.com. Welcome back, Dr. Andriozzi. Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about um, a condition, um, and it's and I'm I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Laryngeal pharyngeal reflux. So you'll have to correct me <laughs> and tell us about that. No, you're perfect. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Really? So <laughs> yeah, you did a great job. Good. <laughs> so in in my world, we call it. LPR, very simple, LPR. And um, LPR stands for laryngeal, pharyngeal reflux, like you said, Patricia. And basically what it means is the contents of your stomach go, can go up to your throat. And when mm-hmm. people have reflux and they have heartburn, that condition is called GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. And everybody's pretty familiar with that. But there's this condition that ENT doctors see frequently where acid, bile, and mucus and digestive enzymes go into the throat and the patients don't have heartburn. And that's called LPR. 
in patients with LPR present frequently to ENT doctor's offices with throat symptoms that can include sore throat, hoarseness of the voice, difficulty swallowing, excessive mucus in the throat, frequent coughing and throat clearing, mm-hmm. and it is so common. I'll, I'll see four to five patients per day with this condition in my office. Mm. All right. And now, what causes that? Is that food mostly? Well, um, half of you ask that question. I, the way I try to explain the cause of LPR to patients is I say to patients, I say, do you remember when you were in college and you had pizza and beer at 2 a.m. with your friends and laid down afterwards and had no problem? Well, try doing that tonight. You'll have a problem. And the reason right. why it's more likely to happen as we get older is because the muscle at the bottom of the esophagus, whose job is to keep acid bile, mucus, digestive enzymes in the stomach, doesn't work as well as we get older. So mm-hmm. consequently, if you eat the wrong foods, if you overeat, if you eat late at nighttime, mm-hmm. you're more likely to have this phenomenon occur. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's changing what you eat and when you eat and how much you eat. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and would it be like high-fat um, foods and, and fried foods? You'd want to stay away from that. Exactly. Acidy, fatty, um, spicy. Mm. Uh, all of those foods are more likely to cause you to make more acid and have it stay in your stomach for a longer period of time and go up into your throat frequently when you're sleeping. Mm. Okay. So what do you advise patients there? Just change their diet? Yeah. Well, the, it's, it's interesting. When the patient comes into my office with LPR, they frequently will say, hey, doc, I have this severe post-nasal drainage you need to make go away. But I tried all the nasal sprays, the antihistamines, nothing works at all. And I ask a bunch of questions, and I ask the patient, well, do you have any problems breathing through your nose or any mucus comes through your nose? And they'll frequently say, no, it's just all in my throat. And then I'll do an exam on the patient and then ask questions about when they eat and what they eat. And then I'll also find that sometimes these people have already been on reflux medications and didn't get better. So what I'll do is I'll explain to them the, how it happens and why it happens, and I get them to change their diet, don't eat late at nighttime, and I frequently encourage people to buy a wedge to sleep on that elevates their back about six inches. I find that if people add an extra pillow, it sometimes can push the neck, neck forward and cause neck issues, sometimes crimp the abdomen and make it worse. So you can get one of those expensive beds where the back goes up, or you could actually put blocks on the floor and elevate the back, or you can buy a wedge. And Amazon has a whole host of really great wedges. I, I really see this as more of a mechanical problem, and I try to avoid putting people on a lot of medications for it. So what? So when, when, you, when they're doing the wedge, are you trying to elongate the spine? And a lot. What are you trying to do with the wedge? You're, you're basically changing the angle of the esophagus. I see. So if you can change the angle of the esophagus and the contents of the stomach stay in the stomach and don't go into the back of the throat when you're sleeping. I see. Okay. And that works a lot of the time? I sleep on one. <laughs> it, it really yeah. does. 
It, it does. I know that if I'm going to go out to dinner and overeat, I may take a medication before I go to bed. But I am very confident, I've seen in myself personally, a lot of my patients, that um, it works. The, the mucus in the throat gets better. They have less hoarseness, less sore throats. It, it definitely works. Yeah, and, I, and I've heard from people who have taken prescription drugs for, as you said, mm-hmm. for GERD or for, that after a while um, it doesn't work well or there's a real issue if it, it, if it becomes chronic and they take it all the time. Talk yeah. about that. Well, there, there's certainly some literature out there to support the fact that when you take um, a group of medications called proton pump inhibitors, which are really great medications for reducing acid production, sometimes you get a rebound effect when you stop it where you have this increased acid and there's also some um, studies that have shown that it could reduce the absorption of calcium and increase the risk of hip fractures. And I, I put patients on these medications all the time, but I, what I do is I encourage them to make some lifestyle modifications, go on a medication short term, like maybe a few months, get off the medication, and if they find that they have to stay on these medications, then they need a gastroenterologist to get involved to actually look mm-hmm. in their esophagus to see what's going on because I don't feel comfortable keeping them on medications long-term. They need somebody that can truly look in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like what you're saying is you want to help people do as much as they can for themselves naturally uh, and, and take medications when needed but not become so... Um, dependent upon them. Absolutely. I, I, think of, um, I think of disease states as like a tug of war where you have, you have medications on one side and you have lifestyle modification on the other side. And I find that when people um, understand their disease state and they know what they need to do to change, they become less reliant on medications um, and they become a, a partner in their health care instead of just throwing medications at people. Right. So they work with you. And, and it sounds like you teach your patients, too, so that they're aware, so that they understand the mechanics behind it. And that, that's my, the favorite part of my job, quite frankly, is really educating patients about their disease state. And um, it's rewarding. It, you know, people just embrace that, and they, they really respond so nicely to that. It's, it's hard to see a lot of patients and do that, so I don't see a ton of patients. My office schedule is always full, but it's not so full that I can't take the time to educate each patient. Yeah, which is, which is wonderful because we don't always see that, as you know, and I think that's yeah. been one of the complaints you know, with medicine today is that, gee, I only had 10 minutes or I only had 15 minutes. And, and um, you know, it, it, I, I remember the days when I was a kid when the doctor came to your house with the black bag. You remember that? <laughs> you know, you don't see that anymore. You don't see that anymore. But, no. but, but I, I think that any time that a physician can give the person that time and that caring and really teach them, I think that makes such a difference. And that's probably why you have been voted uh, a top, the monthly top doctor five separate times. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to know that people think highly of you, and thank you very much. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Andriozzi more about typical questions that patients ask and a little bit more about some preventive measures, more preventive measures that you can use to keep your nasal tract healthy. And you can log on to the website. The office website is entdocri.com slash services. All right? You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint. Dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back, and you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Program right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Dr. Mark Andriozzi, a board-certified otolaryngologist with nearly 30 years of experience. He's the recipient of Rhode Island Monthly's Top Doctor Award five times. He has a special interest in the management of sinonasal disorders. And he also um, speaks out about a variety of ear, nose, and throat conditions that are often mismanaged and misdiagnosed. And he talks about preventive measures, too, to keep your nasal tract healthy. And you can log on to find out more. You can log on to entdocri.com slash services. So welcome back, Dr. Andriozzi. 
Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about um, what you hear a lot. I mean, like in a week, what's the most common question or common issue that you see? <laughs> oh, well, um, as we've alluded to, a lot of sinus headaches, a lot of TMJ, a lot of reflux. But one of the um, common problems that I see that I feel is mismanaged is people taking the wrong medications for allergies. So when an individual can't breathe out of their nose, uh, antihistamine-type medications like the -the over-the-counter Claritin, Zyrtec, Allegra, they're fabulous medications for sneezing, itchy eyes, runny nose, post-level drip, and you can take them as needed, but they don't work for congestion. And, And that's why a lot of these products, they add a decongestant to the antihistamine, like Claritin D, Zyrtec D, Allegra D, you have to get from behind the counter um, from the pharmacist. But the problem is that if you take decongestants consistently, there's a ton of side effects. It can elevate your heart rate, your blood pressure, insomnia. I see rebound headaches. So the correct medication for congestion for allergies is a nose spray, like Flonase or one of these other sprays. And you have to use that consistently when you're exposed to things that you're allergic to. So if you're allergic to a cat and you have a cat, you use it until the cat dies or certain times of the year. And I find that patients don't use it consistently, number one. And the second thing is when patients spray it in their nose, it's really important to angle the nose spray away from the middle. So right nostril, right eye, because if you spray it to the middle and you hit the wall in the middle of the septum, you can get nosebleeds. So I limit the use of decongestants and use the right medication. Nasal sprays like Flonase for congestion and Allegra Zyrtec Claritin for sneezing, itchy eyes, runny nose. And they're effective, and you feel that Flonase and those are pretty effective. Yeah, they're, they're very effective if the patient has, um, if the patient does not have significant anatomical abnormalities. So if somebody has a severe deviated septum or very large polyps in their nose or very large turbinates, then sometimes you have to do something surgically to correct the structure to allow the nose spray to get in and work as effectively as it could. And that's a very common scenario that I see in my practice. Okay, good. All right, anything else that you think um, that would help people? I think you talked about elevating the pillow, you know, having an extra pillow, elevating the head in terms of, of breathing at night. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, yeah. particularly with breathing, and, I, and I, I want to talk about breathing because it's so important. I mean, sure. I do a lot of webinars yeah, on stress management, and I talk about the importance of the deep breathing and really breathing in and inhaling and breathing through the nose and holding and breathing out and how important and helpful that is. So yeah. please talk yeah. about, you know, breathing and nasal um, conditions. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, um, it, to help you breathe out of your nose, it's best to have clean, humidified air going through your nose. It's not too hot and not too cold. So, air quality in the home when you're sleeping at nighttime is very important. Sleeping propped up, very important. But I do find that... Um, meditation that teaches you how to breathe. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar, have used the Calm app before, where it really does teach you how to breathe. And I find, I do that periodically, and I find that a lot of my patients will tell me that they 
meditate and they're really taught how to breathe correctly, it helps to fully expand the lungs. And, mm-hmm. it, and really, they find it extremely beneficial. So you're right. Yeah. Learning how to breathe correctly is very important. Because many of us don't breathe deeply, right? We're more shallow breathers. Well, you know, one of the reasons why people breathe in a shallow fashion is because if your nose is stuffy, when you breathe through your nose, you're not getting as much air to fill your lungs. So when you fill your lungs, the amount of air getting in the lungs, the tidal volume, um, is diminished when your nose is stuffy. So if you breathe through your mouth, you're losing a certain percentage of the air coming from the nasal passage into your lungs. And I find a lot of patients that have chronic nasal congestion, whether in my office sitting in front of me, they're sighing a lot and they're taking these deep breaths all the time to make up for the shallow respirations and not getting enough air flow through your nose. So yes, that that is true. I see that all the time. That's interesting. All right, we have just a couple minutes left. So what would you like to leave our listeners with? What's your message? What are some to-dos? My message is... If you, um, you need to demand your physician to educate you on your disease. Um, and when you become an educated patient, you will get better quicker and probably with less medications. Um, you know, don't accept a short office visit, a quick office visit, and not a thorough explanation of your disease. Okay. Or a condition or just anything you're going through, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, people can find you on the website, correct? Antidocri.com, right? Or they can call call the office, can call the office too, but the number would be listed um, on Antidocri. You can request an appointment right from the website or you can call directly. Yes. Oh, that's great. Okay, antidocri.com. Well, Dr. Andreozzi, yeah. it's been wonderful to have you on this program. You've been inspiring and enlightening and educational, and um, really appreciate having you on. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Patricia. I, I was very excited to share this information because I, I usually do it one person at a time, so it's nice to have a wider <laughs> audience of people to hear some of this. So thank you very much. Great, great. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, everyone, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, If you're interested in more programs, you can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'll send you a copy of my newsletter, and then you can see who the guests are each week. And also, you can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. And if you're thinking of doing your own podcast, um, that's something that having interviewed over 5,000 people in four decades, I can really help you with because I want to help people get their positive messages out. So until next time, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and remember, you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.